1 Corinthians chapter 15, we know this as the resurrection chapter. And what you find here is that through the epistle of Corinthians, you guys uh, are familiar with the fact that Paul is correcting behavioral issues, some things that have gone awry within the church that's at Corinth. But not only is he going to be addressing behavioral issues through 1 Corinthians, but there were doctrinal errors that he was addressing. So look with me in verse 12. And Paul says, Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? Right. So there was a doctrinal error that was going through this church that some people were saying there is no resurrection of the dead. Now what I love is that you know, what is taught and preached in this pulpit, there's no need to correct doctrinal error here. Amen. But tonight, kind of my purpose is we're going to simply look at the results of the correct doctrinal teaching of the resurrection from this passage. Um, So in verse 12, he says, now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, and he's going to give us seven things here that are results and this, by way of um, my first point tonight, is this is, an, an hor- this is a horrible possibility. If Christ be not raised, right? If there's no res- resurrection of the dead. Well, number one, verse 13, if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? If there is absolutely no resurrection of the dead, if this life is it, then Jesus Christ is dead just like any other man would be. And if Jesus Christ is not risen... Paul goes on to give us the logical conclusion of that fact if that is uh, if that is real. So he says in verse number 14, And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain. Then is our preaching vain. Now vanity, you guys that have been here for the Ecclesiastes series, you guys remember that vanity is simply the stuff of which rocks dream. Right? And what do rocks dream about, kids? Nothing, exactly. Um, so vanity is the stuff of which rocks dream. Vain, it simply means it's empty, it's worthless, it has no substance, value, or importance. So Paul says if there is no resurrection of the dead and Jesus Christ is not risen, the preaching that we're preaching, it's empty. It is pointless. It's senseless. So not only does he say our preaching is vain, but then he flips around on them and says your faith is also vain. So we're sitting here and, and week after week we hear our pastor preach and we hear other men of God. You know, as you study through the word of God and you go through discipleship, you hear the word of God. And he's saying, if none of this is true, if Jesus Christ is not risen, then all that stuff that you believe, it's empty. It's senseless. There's no point. So not only is the preaching vain, your faith also vain. He says, verse 15, Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that He raised up Christ, whom He raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. So he's saying, if Christ is not risen, then we are liars. Because we're testifying, yeah, God raised up Jesus Christ, whom He did not raise, if so be that the dead rise not. So we are a bunch of liars with a senseless Pointless faith. If uh, it's kind of like this, um, people that say you have to, like Joe Biden, all right? People that say that you have to spend more money to get out of debt. You know what Dave Ramsey would call those people? Cheetahs and 
and liars. <laughs> They're just liars. You know, it, um, to abandon the free market, to, to to abandon free market principles to save the free market, we know that 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 can't happen. And so you do not get out of, get out of debt by spending more money. Here, the sincerity of the belief is irrelevant. Paul says, if Christ be not raised from the dead, if that be true, no matter how much you believe what you believe, it's irrelevant. And we have people that, uh, as, you know, politicians that they, now some of them might think that they know that it's not going to work. But others of them tag right along and they say, yeah, we can get out of debt by passing more stimuluses. And so they're wrong, but even though they're sincere, it's irrelevant. So you've got that the preaching is vain, the faith is vain. We're liars because we're saying that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And then you have in verse number 17, and if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. He emphasizes that again. And then ye are yet in your sins. You are yet in your sins. You see, if Christ is not risen from the dead, that fact alone discredits his person and his message. He told them he would rise from the dead. He told them and, and showed them uh, th- that he was God. And he said, if you destroy this temple again, if you destroy this temple, I will raise it again in three days. And so the, the crux of who Jesus Christ is hinges on the fact of the resurrection. And notice this. This is amazing to me. There are, a couple, there are two things in here that are assumed. Even for people that don't believe in Christ, Paul says... If you don't believe that there's a resurrection, we are found false witnesses of God. He still understands that there's a universal understanding that there's a God. And so even if Jesus Christ didn't rise from the dead, he doesn't do away with the universal knowledge that there's a God. You see, we have to be taught and have that seared out of people's consciences. Because, and you guys know in Romans, God describes that there is, uh, that there's the light of creation and the light of conscience, that people know that there's God. The second thing that's assumed here is if Jesus Christ is not risen from the dead, if that was a horrible possibility, then you're still in your sins. And one question that I uh, think about in dealing with unbelievers is simply asking them, okay, if there is no God, or if Jesus Christ is not who he says he is, what do you do about sin? How do you answer the question of good and evil? Where is Adolf Hitler? Is there any consequence for what that man did? Stalin, Mussolini. Uh, You're telling me that you can wipe out millions of people and there be no consequence? I'd rather just believe that there's a God that's going to judge between good and evil. But you see, Paul here, he understands that, okay, if you take Christ out of the equation, there is still a sin problem. So there are two things. God, he assumes that God is still real. And then secondly, he assumes that there is a universal sin problem. It's amazing how Christians, we have the answer for those two, two issues. Amen? So you've got the preaching's vain, the faith is vain. We're liars, we're still sinners. And then, man, this is horrible. Verse uh, 18, he says, Then also they which far are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. Now, I won't dwell long here, but let me say this. If there's no resurrection of the dead, those of us who have loved ones, and we believe they've gone on to be with the Lord. He says, no, they've been reduced to the dust of the earth. This perish, it means to die. It also entails withering or decaying. They're just, from dust thou art to dust thou shalt return. That's it. That's it. If Christ be not risen from the dead. 
And then he says, lastly here, in verse 19, in this life, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Let me ask you, have you ever wasted something? Mainly there are three things that we can waste. Time, talent, and treasure. There are basically three things that we can waste. For me, as I thought about this, and this is really subjective right here, time I can waste, and for some reason it doesn't bother me as much as it should. <laughs> um, I enjoy Christmas and Thanksgiving because it kind of means Xbox 360 time you know, for the holidays. My wife was away, and I got to tell you, I blew hours of my life this week. I wasted time. <laughs> I won't tell you how many hours, but I blew some hours this week doing this. Money. Some of you, it absolutely, somebody, you know, you'd rather have the Indiana Jones, have the guy stick his hand in your chest and pull your heart out move, you know, over wasting money. Dave Ramsey, you know, he calls it stupid tax when you do stupid things with money. And he said he's done dumb with zeros on the end of it. Um, that always makes me feel better about my life right there, you know. I feel stupid for doing something with money, and I'm like, well, at least I'm not Dave Ramsey. So, of course, that might be kind of cool to be Dave Ramsey right now. So, uh, some of you, you cannot, you are very scheduled, <clears throat> Laura and Shauna, and you cannot stand <laughs> to waste time. It it's so funny to watch those two with their schedules and they're just the way they are. Some of you, it just destroys you to waste money. Others of you, you know, you're like, oh, that was a bummer. I just blew $5,000, you know, and man, more power to you. Others of you, this is, this is what kills me when people waste ability and talent. Oh, how many of you are like me? That of all three of them kills me. Um, a, a few people come to mind. Um, uh, when I was in high school, you guys know, you guys have heard over and over again, I sat at the bench. I was a bench warmer for the basketball team. And we would have kids that would not play basketball that were like light years beyond my ability, but they just didn't want the discipline. They didn't want to play for the coach. They didn't want to put in the effort. And I was just like, oh, it, it, it tore me up. Because I'm like, if I could play that good, you know, that well, um, if I could speak gooder, if I could play that well, it just blew me away. For us Buckeye fans, there is a deep hurt. You guys know Maurice Claret just came in there freshman year, just you know, just tore it up. It looked like he was going to beat all kinds of Ohio State records. Sophomore year, he's just nowhere to be found. Oh, he's in jail, you know, and just an amazing waste of talent and ability. Paul says here, if we're in this life only, we have hope in Christ. We are of all men most miserable. Paul is assuming here and, and talking to people that have invested their time, their talent, and their treasure in serving the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, if we have done all of that and Christ be not risen, well, we're the most miserable, dumb people on the planet because we've wasted everything. Now, for some Christians across the country, they've wasted about an hour a week of their life. But as I look out here, I see people that truly you would have wasted in time and in that talent, that treasure that you put in in living for the Lord. And honestly, we need to be able to, um, have we wasted more than one hour a week if Christ be not risen? 
have we wasted a life? Now, here's the deal. That is a horrible possibility, but I, I should have picked a different word than possibility because it's not even possible. And here's where we go to a wonderful reality, the wonderful reality. Look with me in verse 20. Paul says, but now is Christ risen from the dead. That changes everything. So what I wanted us to see is that, like Paul says, if Christ be not risen, our preaching's vain, our faith is vain, we're wasting time, it's th- this we've wasted our life, but Christ is risen. Uh, Oliver B. Green says this. I love it. He says the greatest bombshell ever to explode in the face of an unbelieving world was the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ to their own satisfaction. His enemies explained away Calvary. They explained away his miracles, but they could not explain away the empty tomb, nor have the enemies of the gospel explained away the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ until this present hour. I am not going to spend a lot of time tonight on the resurrection, but I do want us to look at this. Look with me at Matthew. Hold your place here in 1 Corinthians. We'll be right back. But look at Matthew chapter 28. Oliver Green there, he said, the greatest bombshell. I love that language. Um, The world cannot answer the question of the empty tomb. Matthew chapter 28 here in verse 10, we're going to see that uh, some of these Jews, they tried to explain it away. In verse number 10, the Bible says, Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid, go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and there shall they see me. Now when they were going, behold, some of the watch came into the city and showed unto the chief priests all the things that were done. And when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave large money unto the soldiers, saying, Say ye, his disciples came by night and stole them away while he slept. And if... This come to the governor's ears. We will persuade him and secure you. Sound like somebody's life was on the line in this situation? Sound like there's not really much to cover up unless you're passing money around trying to cover this deal up. Verse 14, he says, or verse 15, So they took the money and did as they were taught, and this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. So why didn't they just produce the body? Jesus Christ wasn't risen from the dead. Why are they paying people to cover it up? Why are they securing the lives of soldiers if the disciples had stolen them away? Why didn't they just... I'm sure that a legion of Roman soldiers could have taken down a few disciples. It's because Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. And so we looked at the negatives, but let's look and flip this around. Well, because Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, our preaching, it's not in vain. our preaching is not in vain you ever feel like you giving somebody the gospel has been in vain you ever feel like you preaching and preaching and it's been kind of in vain jesus christ is risen from the dead this book is true and this preaching is not in vain our preaching is valuable you know and our pastors uh, often help uh, define, t- you know, teaching and preaching for us. Teaching is conveying information. Preaching is conveying information and demanding a response. It's lifting up the words of God and saying, thus saith the Lord, you need to do something about it. And so the preaching is not in vain. First Corinthians one twenty one says, for after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. I'm so glad that God helps me to know that preaching it looks to the, it's pretty much foolishness, but he uses it. 
do you guys understand? And I know you think about, I know you've thought about this before. You and I come into a building and we listen to a guy open a book and tell us what it says. And we change stuff in our lives because of it. I mean, there are shows that we stop watching or there are things that we change that you change in raising your children or there are, there are, uh, uh, you like give money, you know, and you invest your time and your talent, and your treasure, your life changes because of the preaching of the word of God. And that's a biblical pattern in first Thessalonians one eight. He says, Paul says, for from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God were to spread abroad so that we need not speak anything for they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you. And how ye turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. So these people, because they heard the gospel, they had their lives totally changed. They were worshiping idols. They turned from those idols to serve the living God. I think about the people in Acts when uh, I believe it was at Ephesus. They went out and had a big book burning. They, they were all into, into witchcraft and all kinds of wickedness and idolatry before God. And because of the preaching of the word of God and the change that God made in their lives, they're burning their, their valuable things because it wasn't valuable to them anymore because they had accepted Christ as their savior. So there's a wonderful reality. The preaching is valuable. I imagine there were days when Noah, there with the, his sons building the ark, kind of question whether that whole flood thing was ever going to be true. I imagine he was a human being like you and I. But I guarantee you when he got in the ark and he looked around and he saw his family and that rain became to come down and the doors were shut and sealed by God. I guarantee you then he knew that the preaching was valuable, that it wasn't in vain. So the preaching is valuable. What else here is valuable? Our faith, your faith. Have you ever felt like giving up? Have you ever just felt like stopping? Like, you, you, I tried real hard and it, it's just too tough. Listen, your faith is valuable. Look with me at 1 Peter chapter 1. Just how valuable is your faith? 1 Peter chapter 1. And verse 3 says, 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations." that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. How valuable is your faith? It's so valuable that God is working to refine you and to refine that faith. So when He appears, because He is coming back, because He did rise from the dead, that your faith will be to the praise and glory of God. You know what? There may be times when you want to give up, but God doesn't want to give up on you. It says that um, we know that He is able to keep that which we have committed unto Him against that day. And we also know that God is able to perform that good work which He began in us until the day of Jesus Christ. 
I guarantee you there are times when you, you've wanted to quit uh, reading your Bible or quit memorizing or, or quit you know, changing things in your life be, to line them up with the Word of God. But God says, listen, your faith is being tested and tried, so when I come back, it's going to be to my praise and my glory and my honor. So uh, don't throw away that faith. It's going to be to the honor and glory of Jesus Christ when He returns, and He's coming back because He rose from the dead. So our, our preaching is valuable. Our faith is valuable. And then we're also, remember he said that if, if Christ be not risen, we're liars. Well, you know what? Christ is risen, so we're simply ambassadors. Look with me in 2 Corinthians. We'll find a few of our points emphasized here. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we are, man, I know there are times when you've given the gospel and you feel like it's been in vain, or you feel, you know, this, this person didn't receive it the way you thought they might. Um, other times, you, you think somebody's not going to listen to you, and they do. And you get all the way through the plan of salvation with them. Um, we're simply ambassadors for Christ. And, and that preaching and giving people the gospel is not in vain. Second Corinthians 5 and verse 18 here, he says, And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us, to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. So you and I, he said, if Christ be not risen, then we're liars. We are false. We, we have, uh, said things about God that God didn't say and God didn't do. Simply here we find out because Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, you and I are royal ambassadors for Jesus Christ. I can't imagine what it would be like to be an ambassador for the, this country and for our president. Um, I can't imagine that office. How much more of a, an amazing responsibility do we have as ambassadors for Jesus Christ? Where we represent Him, not giving our own message... And so when, here's the deal. When people don't receive it, we shouldn't be offended. It's not our message. We're just telling them what God has said. It, um, over and over again through the scriptures, you find basically three responses to people when they're given the gospel. And, and specifically when they hear of the resurrection of the dead. Some laugh. Some say, we want to hear more about this. And some receive it. Over and over again, you see as Paul gives the gospel and, the, and the, he tells them about that one crucial moment about the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It comes down to that you've got to make a decision then. Either you reject that, or you want to hear more about it, or you receive it. And over and over again, we see that pattern. So we are ambassadors for Christ. And then, because Christ is risen, he said, if Christ be not risen, you're still in your sins. Well, Jesus Christ is risen. So those sins are washed away. Our sins are washed away. As far as the east is from the west, the scripture says here, we're still in 2 Corinthians, look at chapter 5 and verse 17. He says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, old things are passed away. Has there been anything in your life that you wish in the past would just go away? Well, it did. It did. I remember hearing over and over again in college, our, our uh, Pastor Sex, uh, Clarence Sexton down there in, uh, in um, Tennessee, he said over and over again, he said, some of you feel like there's a black X, there's some kind of mark in your past that just, if you could get rid of this one thing, then you could really serve God. He says, guys, you got to realize there's no black X. Amen. The only place that exists is in your own mind where you're holding on to that with guilt. 
Jesus Christ. If you be in Christ, you're a new creature. The old things are passed away. You say, well, I mean, I did more bad stuff after I got saved than I did before I got saved. Okay, welcome to the club. Amen. (laughs) You know, if we confess our sins, He is faithful. He is just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm so glad that my forgiveness is not based on me. Because there are times I'm not faithful. There are times that I'm not just. But it's based on who He is and His work that He has finished on the cross when He rose from the dead. So we are, because Christ is risen, our preaching is valuable. Our faith is valuable. We can't throw that away. We're ambassadors for Christ. We're not found liars. Uh, Our sins are forgiven. They're washed away. And then, man, this is so good. Um, Look with me back in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. You remember looking at Paul said, if Christ be not risen, then those that we know that are asleep in the Lord, they're just in the... It's just dust. Well, he says here in verse number, how does he say it? Verse 18, Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. But because Christ is risen, those who are asleep in Christ right now, they're with the Lord. Amen. I mean, I know there are just so many of you. I, I thought about this as I was, as I was looking at this. I, there's so many of you that you know people that right now, the way the Bible says it, they're asleep in the Lord. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 8, where we just were, he says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So I know that because Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, as the scriptures say, my grandfather right now, man, he's a Baptist preacher. And, and I can't imagine the people that are, are there in heaven because he, he was faithful to preach the word of God and there with his wife and they're beholding the face of Jesus Christ. My mother, uh, my grandmother on my mom's side, she died before I was born. I've never seen her. I don't know her. I'm going to see her someday. And until then, she's just asleep in the Lord. She's beholding the face of Christ. And some of you have a husband, a wife that has gone on to be with the Lord, and they're just rejoicing. Uh, We can't know the joy that they have right now to be with Jesus Christ. Because, simply because Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. He is who He says He is. He's done what He has said He's done and redeemed us and washed us away from our sins. And so as we've placed our faith and trust and those who have gone before us have placed their faith in Christ and they've died in the Lord, they've not died in vain. And they are beholding the face of our Savior. And we sang it a moment ago. I shall know him by the prints of the nails in his hands. Um, Can't imagine what it's going to be like to see our Savior. And uh, that's just good stuff, man. Amen. So those who are asleep in Christ are with the Lord. I think about... Uh, Sonny Rodehamel, you know, seeing him Sunday after Sunday sitting there next to Hothelma. We've got his name on the sign uh, in dedication to him. I think about people that we have in the in the back hallway there, people that have gone on to be with the Lord, and there's just nothing they want more than to be where they are right now. And then this, man, and this, this, this was convicting right here. In verse 19, he says, If in this life we have hope in Christ... If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. So you flip that around. What, how should we be? How should we be? Amen. <laughs> and this is where I'm like, oh man, because <laughs> look back with me at First Peter chapter one. This First Peter and Second Corinthians really helped us uh, with some of these ideas. But in First Peter chapter one, 
know, he's just told us that our faith is going to be refined by God, that it's going to be when he comes back, that our faith, as we trust in him and live our lives for him, it is going to be to his praise and to his glory. He says in first Peter, I'm in second Peter there, first Peter chapter one and verse eight. He says, uh, look in verse seven, he says that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen ye love, in whom though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. And you know, I'm thinking, you know, my joy is so comparative, I guess, to the, when I think about the song, it is joy unspeakable and full of glory, full, I am way out of tune, but full of glory, full of glory. And that's about, when I think about the joy in my life, I, I looked at this and I thought, man, am I, do I walk around like I'm one of the most miserable people on the planet? If I have a bad day, if I, you know, the, the only way that we cannot be full of, of this glory and joy unspeakable is for us to forget that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. And Paul says, if Christ be not risen, we're of all, we're, we are the most miserable people on the planet. And sometimes Christians live like Jesus Christ is not risen from the dead. Where he says here, as you believe and you follow God, and you remember what Christ has done for you, there will be this joy unspeakable, and it will be full of glory, to the praise and honor of glory, or to the praise and honor of Jesus Christ. So, there... There's a horrible possibility as you think about what would be true if Jesus Christ wasn't risen from the dead. But verse 20 is so key. Look back with me again. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians 15. It's not even a possibility. Why? Verse 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. Have you felt lately like the time that you've invested in giving someone else the word of God or preaching the word of God has been in vain? Have you felt like your faith, it's just, oh, is it really worth it? Have you felt like maybe you haven't done the best job of communicating the gospel? Hey, you're an ambassador for Christ. He'll help you. Have you been hanging on to the, something in your past and you're feeling guilty about it? Have you, especially around Thanksgiving and Christmas, have you been thinking about a loved one that's gone before you? Have you been miserable? The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the answer to every one of those. Amen. So where are you at tonight? How is our attitude? How, man, don't give up. Don't give up. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord.